Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. So glad to have you today. Before we dive into the word, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, most awesome and wondrous Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God, and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to hear your words today. Lord God, I ask that you would prepare the hearts and minds and spirits of everyone that hears your words today so that these words will get sunken deep within our spirits so that we can readily use them when the enemy rears his ugly head. I pray, Lord, that these words would be a blessing to all those that hear them, Lord, and that they would be for your glory and for your honor and for your magnification. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God and welcome again to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Before we get into the word, if you don't have your Bible, I encourage you to pause this message and go and grab your Bibles and then come back and, and hit play because it's important that you can see for yourself the things that we're going to talk about today to be able to see them in Scripture because there are so many false prophets out there that would be preaching the incorrect interpretation or an interpretation lacking Holy Spirit's understanding about the Word of God. And we know, we want to be careful about that as children of God because we know that the Word of God says that in the end days that the very elect may be, uh, may be deceived. So there's a possibility that the very elect, those of us, we could end up being deceived if we're not careful. So grab your Bibles, come on back. And go ahead and hit play so that you can see what we're talking about today. You can see it for yourself uh, in the word of God. Praise God. I'm going to talk to you today about something that's been getting a lot of attention, uh, if you will, over the last, I would say, at least the last year or so, and probably, probably longer. And it's a word that you're very familiar with. And it's the word freedom. It's the word freedom. There's been so much talk about freedom and and when we think of the word freedom here in, in this country in the United States, we think about well what freedoms are granted to us in the United States Constitution because that's you know is is the foundation of this country. And so if it's in the US Constitution, then that means we must be free to do it. And there's so many people that would say, well no, we're not really free and there's all these controversy controversial topics that come up when it comes to, to, to freedom and then we compare you know what we can do in this country to what others may or may not be able to do in other countries and we say oh well we're free and they're not but we never look at freedom from God's perspective and as a child of God understanding what does freedom really 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 mean the way God intends it to me what does freedom really mean as a child of God for me and that's what we're going to talk about today is the, is understanding that as children of God, we are free. No matter what, we are free. But let's not take my words for it. Let's look at the word of God and see what the Bible has to say about it. So turn in your Bibles to John, uh, John chapter eight. And we're going to start in verse number 31. John chapter eight. Verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Underline this. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm going to read 36 again. 
Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that the word of God is living in us and we are living in the word of God. Because if God's if, if God's word is absent from our lives and if we're not studying it and if we're not abiding by the, 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 the things that the Bible talks about, then we can't expect to be free. We also can't expect to be disciples, as Jesus said in verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And then in verse 32, it continue, continues on to say, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So abiding in, in God's word allows us to know the truth. OK, and a little bit later, we're going to talk about some some areas that we need to make sure that we, we, we recognize that we have freedom in. But knowing God's word will reveal allow us to have truth actually revealed to us. When Jesus says that the son has made you free and you are free indeed, what that means is that what Jesus did on the cross for us has already been done. We haven't been set free. We have been made free. And there's a big distinction between the two. If you remember back to the, the time when the Israelites were enslaved by Egypt and Moses went to Pharaoh over and over again and told him to let God's people go. And Pharaoh wouldn't do that. All right. And God brought all the different plagues and, 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 and showed him what he was going to do if, if he didn't let if he didn't let the, the Israelites free. When Pharaoh finally made that decision, that means the Israelites, they were set free because Pharaoh gave them permission to leave. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and then he rose from the dead, taking with him the keys, the keys of the kingdom. He didn't ask the devil for permission to allow us to be free. He made us free. Which means that if we're made free, we can't be captured again. Now, the devil may try and he does often try to 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 bring us back to that bondage of slavery. As as as, as Jesus mentioned in, in verse 34 there, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So the devil would try to 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 bring us back to our old habits, to bring us back to our old ways, to put us back into bondage to sin. But Jesus said, "Uh, uh-uh. my people. When you have come and you've accepted me and you've got that seal on your forehead that you're one of mine, you are free. There's no asking permission. That's the difference between being set free and being made free. Being made free also means that when Jesus says that no one can pluck us out of God's God's hand, that means we belong to God. So we are free as children of God. The work has already been done when Jesus died on the cross and he wrote and he and he rose from the dead. We should be walking in freedom and not in bondage with our heads held high, not held high in terms of being prideful, but held high in strength, knowing that I am a child of God and I am free. OK, I am free. All right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that freedom, what that freedom means. We should be able to walk upright because God is our strength. We should be able to walk upright because God is our strength. So there's many people that would tell you that you're not free because this and this is happening or because this happened because this person said this or because you're of a particular skin color or because you come from a certain neighborhood or you come from a certain country that somehow you are not free but i'm telling you right now saints of god that if you are a child of god it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter what your skin color is it doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in if you are a child of god which means you accepted jesus christ as your personal lord and savior you are free you're not living in any kind of oppression you're not living in any kind of bondage you are free okay you are free 
Not my words, Jesus' words in verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. But one thing we also have to recognize about being free is that we need to have ensure that God's presence is always around us and that we are abiding in God's presence. Now, last week we heard a message about, or, or a couple of weeks ago, I heard a, heard a message about how God's presence is always around us, right? And how God's presence shows up really depends on the atmosphere, if you will, that you set up. So in a praise and worship service, God's presence can, can activate and show up in, in, in different, in different ways. And, and that's when the Holy Spirit really starts to move because his presence is there and we're setting up that atmosphere where we, where we want him to, to just come in and touch us in his own special way. But we need to make sure that we're trying to set an environment around us to where God's presence can be activated. Or, or, or that we can feel God's presence so that he can touch us in a way that only, that, only, that only he knows how. Because if God's presence isn't there, then there's no freedom. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, let's see. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse number 16. Second, second Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Underline that verse 17 again. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of the Lord. So verse 17 there, without God's presence, there is no freedom. Okay? And, and in order for us to feel God's presence in our lives, we have to make sure that we are abiding in God's word, that we're studying his word, that we are carrying it out the things that he's telling us to do, that we are being obedient to his every single word, not just picking and choosing. OK, there's many children of God that 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 and you may know some like this. OK, there's many that are children of God. But they just don't have that joy. You can tell that there's just something that is weighing them down. And we all have been there. None of us are holier than thou that we've never had a situation where we've come across where we just felt like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We, we, we have that. That happens on, on occasions. But it's how you respond in that moment and what your outward appearance and more importantly, what your inner, inner feeling is during that time. Is what really matters the most, because if I have God's presence around me and if I'm living in God and God is living in me, then I might have feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders for a point in time because it shouldn't stay like that forever. We need to take that weight off of our shoulders and give it to God. All right. But when we are feeling that way, we still will be able to walk in joy and in peace because we know who God is and we know that God is going to take care of us. So with his spirit being around us, then that means we are free from that care. We are free from trying to figure out how to how to accomplish the things in our lives that we haven't accomplished. We are free from worrying about whether or not something is going to go the way that we want it to go. We are free from and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. We, we're, we're going to touch on some of these, but we are free about free from having to worry about how to how to deal with that problem, because God is going to take care of it. Because the word of God says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. That's freedom. That is freedom as a, as a child of God. 
without God's spirit, we are also not free to see what's happening, what's happening around us. In other words, if we have God's spirit and he's around us and he is in us and we're constantly communicating with him, then that means we are free to know that the things that are happening us happening around us may not actually be as they appear. We know that the spirit world was developed before this physical world, before this natural world. So that when we look around, we start to see things happening around the around the country or the the, the constant unrest and this what 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 uh, and I'll just flat out say it the, the spirit of disobedience that's that's operating in so many people's lives to where people are just coming against legal authorities that there's no respect for the for, for, for the police there's no respect for teachers no respect for bosses even uh, um in, in in the workplace there's just like this spirit of disobedience and, and lawlessness that's 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 gripping this country. And not just this country, but it seems to be happening in other countries as well. Being free as a child of God means that when I see those things happening, I am free to know that there is something deeper that's at play there. That it's not just a bunch of people going crazy, but that there's forces of darkness that's driving a lot of people to do the things that they're doing, to say the things that they're, that they're saying, to act the way that they're acting, to pass laws that just... That would just slap that are just total slap in, in, in God's face. OK, total slaps in God's face. But that's what freedom and in, in, in being a child of God is. With God's freedom, he'll lift the veil from our eyes and show us what, what's truly happening. And then with God's freedom, we're constantly being transformed into an image that's more and more acceptable to God. So in verse 18, there at the end there, it says uh, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Our lives on this earth, it's a, it's a, it's a constant building and development of ourselves spiritually. It's, it, we are constantly learning about God. We're constantly learning about how we interact with God and, and, and my, what my relationship with God is and, and how I respond under, under the pressures of life or, or how I respond when forces of darkness are trying to attack me. All of that is a test and just to build up our spiritual character. And as we pass those tests, we are getting closer and closer into an image that God says, yes, this is the image that I that I have for you. Does it mean that we're perfect? No. Does it mean that we ever get to perfection? No, because while we were on this earth, we will never, ever, ever be beings of perfection because we have influences that, that, that are outside of our control. We have forces of darkness that are constantly trying to influence influence us. All right. We have God also trying to influence us. And then we have our in our our and I say influence in terms of planning thoughts in our heads. And then we have our own influence because we are humans uh, of, of we have free will. So sometimes our free will can get in the way and alter how we make decisions. All right. But we're constantly being transformed into a into something that is closer into an image that is more acceptable to God. So all this talk about freedom. Right? So as children, as a child of God, I'm supposed to be free. Right. But what am I actually free from? With God's freedom, we are free from any kind of oppression. Okay, If you're a child of God, and I know I said this earlier, but if you are a child of God, you are not oppressed. And we're going to look at some scripture here that talks about, uh, uh, about some oppression. But you are not oppressed. Don't let somebody try to tell you, okay, that just because you were born in a certain neighborhood or because you live in a certain place or because you have a certain education background, that somehow you are just oppressed and that you are living under under oppression because as children of God, we are not oppressed. We are free. 
just like we read in previous scriptures. When Jesus says that if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. He meant that every single word of that. We have to take that scripture and we have to get it deep down in our spirits and understand that it doesn't matter what's happening around us. It doesn't matter what laws are being passed. It doesn't matter how much it seems like cancel culture may be coming for me as a child of God. And I can't speak the things of God because somebody is going to offend somebody just because there's things that like that that are happening. It doesn't mean that you are oppressed. You are still free because you are a child of God. Our blessings are not determined by man. They are determined by God. So we don't need to be comparing our lifestyles to someone else. We don't need someone else telling us that, 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 that you know, if you, if you look at my life, I've got this and I've got that and I've got that. The reason why you don't have that is because of how you look. Or it's because of where you're from or because you don't have this, you don't have that. When you hear stuff like that, you just rebuke that in the name of Jesus and understand that the blessings that I have aren't dictated by a human being. They are dictated by my relationship with God and whether or not God has deemed that I am ready for the blessing that I'm waiting for. When I am ready, he will give it to me. And trust me, when God, and don't trust me, trust the word of God. When God gives you a blessing, there's nothing that no one can do to stop you from getting that. No one. Not even the devil himself can stop you from getting a blessing that God has in store for you and that he has given to you. Okay. So things that we are free from. We are free from deceit. Staying in second Corinthians here. All right. Staying in second Corinthians. We're going to go to continue on here in um, chapter four and we're going to start in verse number one. So we're just going to keep going on in Corinthians uh, or second Corinthians, excuse me, chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, condemning ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So in other words here, if we're free as children of God, then that means we should be acting as we're free from being deceived, being deceived. There's a lot of false prophets out there. There's a lot of people that will pick and choose the different things from the Bible and say, this is for today. This isn't for today. This is what God means. And this is not what God means. And what happens is, is, is oftentimes they'll, they'll take the word of God and they'll, they'll, they'll pull out the pieces and, 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 and focus on the things that justify their actions because they're not wanting to change. Okay? And we have to be careful as children of God that we're not allowing ourselves to be deceived in that manner. But if we are free from being deceived, from being deceived, then we should be able to recognize when, these, when, when, when people are taking the word of God and they're, and they're twisting it and alter it for their own gain. For their own benefits. Okay. What I look for whenever I attend a church, I look for a pastor that's preaching an un, the uncompromised word of God. I don't care the, about the size of the church. I don't care how many people are sitting in there, how many churches they have around the, the nation or around the world. None of that stuff matters to me. And why is because, and I'm not knocking large churches or any, or anything like that. So please don't think that. All right. But there are people out there that are more focused on the number of people that are in the seats in their churches being accepted by the world 
There are some out there that are more worried about those things than they worry about about preaching the word of God. Because let's face it, the word of God can offend people. We all know that, right? Before we became saved, I'm sure we were all, we all could probably point back to some things where we say, ooh, that, that's a little offensive. What do you mean tell me I can't do this? But as we started getting into God's word, the, the, the veil was lifted from our eyes. So we were free then from, from, from Satan's craftiness to try to deceive us into thinking that in our sinful life and our sinful nature that we somehow were okay. God removed that veil and revealed to us that, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you accept me, you'll have everlasting life. Okay. Um, let me find my place here. Uh, I'm going to read verse four again. Whose minds the God, the God of this age has blinded, talking about Satan, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So anyone that has their that that, that 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 is blinded by the word of God, it's not us. We're not blinded by the word of God. When you accept Christ, you're not blinded by the word of God. You know what the word of God says. It's your choice on whether or not you want to believe that and to apply it to your life. But you know it's the truth. Okay? The people that is hidden from are those that don't know God, that haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what verse 4 is saying. Verse number 5, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And, our, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power uh, may be of God and not of us. I'm going to read that again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So in other words, we have faults as human beings, right? We're not perfect. We all could probably point back to things in our past that we're definitely not proud of. All right. But what this is saying here is that that imperfection that we have can be used for God's, God's glory if we allow it. Okay. The imperfections that you have, God can turn those things around and use them for his glory and can take you to places and help you reach uh, goals that you never thought that you could even dream of because at the end of the day God doesn't judge us on our past okay God does not judge us on our past and and we always talk about how we we, we, we think that we're defined by our, our past and we shouldn't be defining ourselves on our past that's what the devil does the devil will constantly bring up things that you've made mistakes on sinful things that you, you you've done and and the devil will try to have you believe and try to deceive you into thinking that that's who you are. But God looks at you and says, that's not who you are, my son or my daughter. That was just a mistake that you made. You are so much more than what you think you are. And if you just follow me, I'm going to show you how much more you are. I'm going to show you exactly how much you mean to me. Because God defines us based on what we can accomplish in him. Not based off of what we've done, but what we can accomplish on him. Because when God calls us, when God calls us, we're developing new skills that we haven't done before. We're, we're, we're being challenged and stretched and grown in ways that we haven't, we haven't been before. We're exercising spiritual muscles that we haven't used before so that we can be successful in the task at hand. But also it's preparing us for wonderful things that God has us in store for us. Okay. That's what happens when, when, when God calls us. So don't let the devil deceive you into thinking that your past is who you are because you're not. Verse number eight, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. 
We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. If you don't have um, verses eight through nine uh, underlined, underline all of those. Again. And I'm going to read those again. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. You see, the devil would have us also believe, okay, that not only are we who we were in the past, Still, that we're still that, even though we've accepted Jesus Christ. But he would also have us to believe that there's no way out of our situation. Okay, he would have us believe that 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 we that we are trapped and that God has forsaken us. And let's be real: as children of God, when we go through some things that are really, really, really turbulent, it feels like sometimes God isn't there. I mean, we send up a million prayers to Him during that turbulent time, and it seems like He's not answering. And we feel like, man, God, why did you leave me? Did you, did you leave me? And the reality is he didn't. And when that thought starts to come into play, the devil will start to say, uh-huh. Yeah, this God that you serve, look, how, look what he really thinks of you. I told you he wasn't there for you. I told you way back when that the mistake that you made 10 years ago, guess what? I told you that's who you are. And because of that, God hasn't forgiven you. God remembers that thing 10 years ago just like you remember it. Okay, so I'm here to tell you, saints of God, that God is not looking at your past. Do not think that just because you have you've made mistakes in your past that God can't use you and that he's forsaken you. You might be in a troubling situation right now, but rest assured that God is right there with you and you might not see him. You might not see him. You might not feel him. You might not even feel like you hear from him, but understand that God is working on your behalf. What I've learned in my life is that God does a lot of work behind the scenes, a lot of work behind the scenes. And when 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 his work then becomes manifest, that's when the blessing comes. And I'm like, whoa, Lord, I didn't know I didn't know you were doing all of this. And at times he'll reveal to me later on. Hey, remember five years ago when I gave you that blessing? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of, of a glimpse of what was going on that you weren't aware of. All right. That's what we have to remember. So when Satan, Satan plants those thoughts in our head. We have to remember that we can pull those thoughts down because we know that God would not want us thinking about those negative things and dwelling on those negative things. And God would want us to trust in him so we can rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus and remind Satan that God is there. And we can remind Satan that even though I'm in a situation right now, even though I'm in a situation right now, my God has told me to put my cares on him because he cares for me. And if he cares for me, then he's going to deliver me from this situation, from this situation. So in the name of Jesus, saying I rebuke you and I rebuke every single thought that you have that is counter to the word of God. That's what you do. And watch how quickly the enemy starts to run. Watch how quickly the enemy, the enemy runs, because he doesn't want to hear that. He doesn't want to hear that you're going back to the word of God. All right. So, again, being with with God's freedom. We're never alone, and we always, always, always have a way out of negative situations. The beautiful thing about being free in God, too, is that once you give it to him, it's just simply sitting back and listening to what he's got to tell you. He might even tell you, don't even do anything. You just go on about your day like you normally would. Don't even worry about this. I got this. Or he may say, yeah, here's a couple of things that I need you to do. But the beautiful thing is once you give it to him, 
That's it. There's nothing left, nothing else for you to do unless he tells you specifically to do something. And if he tells you to do it, then you just go out and you execute it and you execute it by having faith. That's the beautiful thing about being free. So we're free from that deceit of, of thinking that we're alone. All right. We're free from the lies that, that the devil would tell us. We're free from being deceived by those that would purposely be trying to twist the word of God for their benefit and for and for their gain. All right. And we're going to continue on here. Um, where did I just leave off? Verse uh, verse 10, verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, underline, matter of fact, underline in verse 13 where it says, we have the same spirit of faith. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, underline this, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are, uh, for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Being free from God, being free in God means that we're also free from doubt. Okay? There's no reason for us to doubt that God is working. There's no reason for us to doubt that we're going to be able to accomplish our goals in life, that we're going to be victorious over over the situation that's before us. No need to, to doubt whatsoever. Verse 13, it says right there, we have the same spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. The people that don't know God and that aren't saved will always talk about how you can speak things into existence. They, they, they'll say things like speak it out to the universe and the universe will take it and, and, and the universe will make things happen. Well, we don't believe in that. We know that there's that, that, that the only uh, uh, being out there that's in, in charge of everything is God. He's not just he's not some universe. He's a spirit being that talks to us and we talk to him. And so if we have faith, if we have faith, like the Bible says, the grain of a mustard seed to where I can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And knowing that if I say that it's going to be done, then when we are faced with challenging times, we need to speak victory to that. We need to speak defeat over that or not defeat for us but 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 speak uh, um that 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 situation will be defeated david stood before goliath and he didn't tell goliath that i think i can beat you he told him that he was going to take his head from him and that everyone was going to know that you don't defy the 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 the, the god of of israel okay he said that we have to believe that and we have to speak that try that sometime you've got a challenging situation OK, you get a bill in the mail and you're like, I have no idea how to how to pay it. You look at your bank account and you don't see the money there and you have no idea where it's coming from. You try it. You say in the name of Jesus to this bank account. OK, to this bank account, I speak in an abundance of finances to be able to pay my bills. You try that in the name of Jesus. You try that. OK, and see what it can do for your life and then have faith knowing that that bank account will be filled when it's needed. To be able to pay your bills. Or if you don't have a job, you say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of unemployment. I will have a job in the name of Jesus. And I will take whatever job that the Lord, my God, Jehovah Jireh provides for me. And see what it can happen. 
If you have faith and you believe, then speak as you be, as you believe. Speak in the future tense of, of your problems. That problem is behind me. I feel okay. I feel good. How many of us, if we're not feeling good, and somebody asks us, hey, how you, how you doing? And we just say, oh, well, I've been better, you know? How many of us are willing to say, I'm good, I'm great, I'm blessed? Or do we have a little self-pity party because we're not feeling good? And by saying that you feel good, you're not lying about the fact that you, you have something going on physically that, 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 that is making you feel ill, uh, um, you know, whatever that might be. But by you saying, you know what, I'm good, it's, it's, it's a reminder to yourself that God is in control and that if you gave that situation to God and you gave that sickness to God and you're letting God control your health, that you're going to be fine, that you're going to be fine. It's also a reminder to that spirit of infirmity that just because he may have hit you and he's got you physically down, that your spirit is still strong. All right. That you're still walking in God's strength, still walking in freedom because I am free from that sickness. All right. Because the word of God says that by Jesus stripes, you are healed. So that's just a reminder to yourself. And that's and that's constantly telling the enemy that I am good. No matter how I physically might feel, I am still good. All right. So we are free from doubt. Another thing, and this is a big one that we're free from, is that feeling of being inferior. That feeling of being inferior. Turn in your Bibles, Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Okay, We're going to Proverbs chapter 3. Oh, praise the living God. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Proverbs chapter 3. And we're starting in verse 19, Proverbs 3, verse 19. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so that you so uh, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. The only true way to have safety in life, okay, the only true way to have safety in life is by following God and is by remembering the things that he taught us because it's his knowledge that led to the creation of the earth. His knowledge of all things being being all-knowing, his knowledge of all things is, is why he does things the way that he does them. It's why oftentimes we don't get answers to our prayers right away. Because he knows, well, I'm going to answer you, but I'm not going to allow that to be made manifest in the physical yet because you're not ready. You don't see what's happening halfway around the world. You don't know what's going on over here. So I have to take care of that before you can get this. Okay, His knowledge... All right. And what he shares with us in that deep walk with him is allows us to be free from 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 any kind of harm and to be safe. But it's not just physical harm, spiritual harm, mental harm. All right. Emotional harm. As I was talking earlier, the devil would have you try to would try to have you believe that you are the same person you were 10 years ago or 20 years ago or however long ago it was before you before you uh, came to know Jesus. He would have you to believe that. And there were things there that could be that could be said or experiences that you may have had that are still sticking with you today that that make you believe that that's who you actually are. 
But we're free from that because if we know what God thinks of us and we believe that God thinks more of us than we think of ourselves, then we can be free from, from, from that emotional harm that, that, that could take place over the years. Or if somebody tries to tell you, oh, this is who you are, this is who you are. You've always been that way, you'll always be that way, and that's just who you are. I've always had a bad attitude. I've always had a bad attitude. That's not going to change. That's just who I am. Well, if you're a child of God, you're free from that. You don't have to believe that. You don't have to accept that. Okay? You don't have to accept that. You can have a better attitude if you give that to God and you let God work in your life. You don't have to be that. Whoever you were before when you when you before you became saved, you can easily change that around once you once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you've already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just believing that God is who he is and how he thinks of you can also help you to turn things uh, turn things around. The knowledge that he shares with us is what makes us victorious. That's what makes us victorious. It's not us doing it in of ourselves. It's the knowledge that he gives to us that allows us to be victorious because he will tell us when to act or if to act at all, how to act, what steps to take. And that's what's going to allow us to overcome situations in our lives. Uh, verse 23. Again, I'll read that one more time. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. If you don't have all those scriptures underlined, they underline all of those. Verse 24 through 20, 26 there. All right. When we give it to God and we recognize that we're free from the burdens that we try to carry. When we do those things, that's when we can go down and rest at night. That's when we can lay down and we can get a full night's rest. We're not thinking about things. We're not waking up suddenly with this terror of whatever this situation that we're in. We can actually sleep. And I want you to think about something. The reason we feel fear is because we don't know how to handle the situation. We don't know what to do. And it's hard sometimes for us as children of God to really wrap our heads around that because what, 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 what have we heard in life? You are the, the sum total of your experiences. So my experiences that I've had over the course of my life shape who I am today and it'll shape for who I am in the future, et cetera, like that. that that's what we, we, we've all heard that at some point in our lives. And so when we look back and we say, well, I've tackled some pretty difficult situations. Why can't I tackle this thing? And that's where the fear starts to set in because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to accomplish that. Therefore, I don't know the outcome. And if I don't know the outcome, then I'm living in this constant state of uncertainty and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know when it's going to happen. But see, being free as a child of God, free from that fear, free from doubt, allows us to take those cares and give them to God. And then we can go down at night and we can rest. Our confidence that we get, our confidence that we get comes from knowing who God is in our lives and how God operates in our lives. There's always this discussion around self-esteem, right? How I feel about myself. 
the problem and that's that's or what's absent from those conversations is that we oftentimes think of ourselves based off of what someone else thinks about us. And it feels good, right? It feels good to be liked by people and for someone to tell you that you're doing a great job and, 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 and how wonderful you are and how they're blessed to have you in their lives. Yeah, that all feels great and that all feels good. But we have to get to a point where we're not putting everyone else's thoughts about us above what God thinks about us. Because God said, I knew you from the foundation before the foundations of the world, right? God already knew us and God already knows us. That means he knows things about us that we don't know. He knows things about us that we haven't discovered yet, right? Those challenging times that you've had in the past, back then you probably didn't realize that you were able to handle that, right? Because if you did, you wouldn't have been afraid at the time, right? We've, and we've all been there. We all can look back and say, I didn't think I was going to be able to get through that, but I made it through. And that makes us a little more confident in our abilities. But we can't forget that our abilities that we have and that confidence comes from God. And because it comes from him, he's going to keep our foot from being caught. In other words, if we can stay focused on him and maintain that confidence in him, we will constantly give situations over to him and allow him to guide our direction and to guide our path. That way, when our foot gets, it starts to step on the ground, it's not going to step into one of those traps that the enemy lays out for us. Because God will warn us ahead of time. He'll say, be careful about that, my son or my daughter. There's a trap that's waiting over there. The devil is over there waiting. He's going to try to catch you up. Don't go to that person at work right now and say that to them because they don't have your best interest at heart. Don't go to that family member for advice. Don't go to that family member for approval. Okay. Again, putting someone else's um, feelings about us above how God feels about us. And that's what could end up happening. We need to look to God to, 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 to validate us, if you will. Okay. We need to stop putting, and I'll, I'll say this again. We need to stop putting what people think of us ahead of what God thinks about us, because what people may think of us is not going to be completely accurate. How many people have you come across in your life that have said things to you that just put you down, tore you apart, and that's what they really think of you, but know that God doesn't think of that of you. If God thought so negatively of you, he wouldn't have chosen you. I'll say that again. If God thinks negatively of you, he wouldn't have chosen you. See, with God, there's always a way out. The Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive. God doesn't condemn. When you make a mistake, Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll correct you, but he doesn't condemn you. The devil, on the other hand, is the one that condemns you. He's the one that will constantly try to take your past and tie it around your, your neck and try to bring you underwater the troubles under the under the troubles of life. OK. But God says, mm -mm, that's not who you are. That is not who you are. This is who you are. OK, so we are free from feeling inferior. Just a few scriptures I'm, I'm going to give to you. We, 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 you don't have to turn there now. But some other things that we're free from, we're free from sickness. All right. We're free from sickness. Uh, Psalm 30, Psalm 30, verse two says, oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. OK, so we're free from sickness. We're also free from weakness. Philippians four, uh, Philippians four, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we're also free from fear. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So as you go through this day, the rest of this day and the days and the weeks to come. Just remember that whatever is happening around you, whatever situation you might be in, if you feel like the walls are closing in, if you feel like that you're alone, if you feel like there's some bad habits that you just can't seem to to shake. Understand that you are not bound to those things. You're not bound to those feelings. You're not bound to those to, 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 to those behaviors. You are free from all of those as a child of God. So take all of those things and give it to God because he says, cast your cares on me for I care for you. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. So cast your cares on him and walk in freedom. Walk in freedom as a child of God, knowing that you are strengthened by him, that you are knowledgeable because of the information that he shares with you. It doesn't matter whether or not you have a degree or how many degrees you have. Your, your, your knowledge comes from God. And, and, and that's more important than what man says or what man deems to be smart and knowledgeable. Don't forget whatever anyone says, whatever laws might be passed or whatever someone tries to tell you that as a child of God, you are free. Praise the living God. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for these words of yours today. And I ask that they would stay again deep within our spirit so that we can remember in the days, weeks, months, and years to come that as your children, Lord God, we are free. No matter what anyone may try to tell us, Lord God, and no matter what kind of deceit the devil may try to sow in our lives, Lord, that we are free thanks to the work that your son Jesus Christ did on the cross and because we have accepted him in our lives. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would continue to watch over every single one of us, Lord, and to keep us safe and to guide us throughout each and every single day, Lord. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a, a blessing to you. And if it was, think about sharing it with, with, with someone, a friend, family, a loved one, or someone that may even be giving you a hard time because we know that it's not God's will for, for, any to, for any to perish, amen? And if you go to our website at genesis1.sermon.net, you'll be able to get access to all of our, our podcasts. And if you click on the, the, the subscribe button, you'll receive notifications every time new, new content is posted. So I pray that you go in his perfect peace. I pray that you go in strength and confidence, knowing that regardless of what circumstance you might be in or what situations might be around you, that we are free and that you are free as a child of God. So take that freedom with joy and 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 conduct your lives as being a being free as, as a child of God. And remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.